Welcome to the Run Around Iowa, the podcast that's dedicated to news and interviews with the athletes, coaches, and personalities who are making headlines in cross country, track and field, road running, triathlon, and trail running in the state of Iowa. And now, from the home office in Clive, here is your host, Lance Ferguson. My guest today is a former center point Urbana prep who has really thrived on the, on the college level after going to South Dakota State. Last weekend, he earned the Summit League MVP of the Outdoor Championships after winning the 5,000 meters, the steeplechase, and taking runner-up in the men's 1,500 meters. He's a former Drake University runner. Welcome to the podcast, Josh Yeager. Hey, uh, yeah, thanks for bringing me on, Lance. It's definitely a pleasure. Uh, listen to most of the podcasts. Uh, at least I see that I'm mentioned in some of the tweets. So, yeah, good okay. to be on here and happy to talk. Good to, good to know that, uh, that you're listening. Um, so last weekend, uh, let, let's get to the, to the big news. Um, you won the uh, MVP. Uh, just phenomenal. You scored 28 points for your team, helped them to a runner-up finish. Uh, kind of a, a a dream scenario for your last summit league. Yeah, it was. Uh, um, yeah, ironically enough, it was my first outdoor summit league as well. Um, uh, nice. But yeah, it was. Um, it was definitely, you know, bittersweet because uh, you know I wanted. Of course, I got the most of the individual goals I wanted. You know, would have been cool to go point one three seconds faster in that fifteen and take the triple. But you know, we. Yeah deal with the cards were dealt um but yeah I mean bittersweet because you know we were in contention for the first time since our head coach um you know Rod DeHaven um won the outdoor conference title as a team um so it was like you know we're coming up on North Dakota State we kind of had that goal going in but um came up just short but I think that shows you know how far this program has come in a couple of years and how far it can go into the future so yeah definitely ups and downs over the weekend but you know very honored to get that mvp award and um yeah it was a lot of fun uh, well they've kind of north north dakota state's kind of been the uh the top dog in that conference right so uh to be right there with them um speaks volumes about the the job that rod behaven is doing there and his staff Oh yeah, definitely. It's um, I, a few years ago, I think one or two years before I transferred in, um, they had won the indoor title. Um, but of course, when it comes to outdoor, just more events and then North Dakota State's throws is on another level. Um, so they rack up the points there. Um, but yeah, definitely just, um, you know, coach um, Eric Cannenberger, St. John, Anna Bear, as well as Tyler Lippert. Um, you know, all of them have been doing amazing work um being led by the the great leader that rod DeHaven is and just yeah it's um a lot of fun seeing all the teammates do well too so. well he was a national a top national runner um uh, as a as a pro runner um and of course one of the legends um at south dakota state and you've knocked him off the list of, uh, <laughs> on, on the five thousand year list you're at the top of the heap here uh considerably um uh, tell me about that race um uh when you when you uh ran 1342 
Yeah, that was uh, GVSU uh, weekend, April thirtieth. Yeah, that was um, that was a lot of fun. It was um, so kind of flashback uh, to Raleigh. You know, we were going for that regional time there, and at the at the time, it was only the top thirty-two in the region um, make it. So at that time, I was um pretty stressed out academically as well you know I was getting into the final stages of writing my thesis so I was like oh man I just honestly I just want to break 14 at this point usually you know in a normal year that gets in of course it took 1353 to make it this year after they reinstated the 48 so it's just insane um but yeah I ran 1353 there um and it was 0.06 off of Joel Rykow's school record um so Rod gave me a bunch of crap after that. He's just like, <laughs> you got to learn to lean at the line. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay. Um, but then, yeah, going into that GVSU meet, you know, it was, um, you know, obviously I wanted regionals in the 5K, but I think the week before I had run 848 in the steeple at Drake. So, you know, pretty securely unless something crazy had happened. You know, I was a lock for that for regionals. So at that point it was just, the mentality was okay. Just go out and get the school record. Have fun with it. You're done with your thesis. Just you know, so screw it. Throw caution to the wind. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, perfect conditions. Um, all my teammates ran well that night. I, I was, of course, one of the last races. It was, you know, getting into probably upper 40s. Uh, no wind at all, and it was, you know, the top D2 talent in the nation. There was a couple um, Notre Dame guys there as well, and. We got out and I was kind of in the back, kept getting boxed in and I was freaking out because we were slow. So we were like 427 through 16, probably like 854 through 32. And I'm like, crap, I'm just going to run 1353 again. So I was just like, you know what, screw it. Took it with a mile to go, started going. And then um, one of the top D2 guys just flew around me with eight to go. And I'm like, here we go. <laughs> so okay. pick the pace up. I kind of just forgot about time and everything. Um, a couple of GVSU guys, the Notre Dame guys went, um, came up on Dylan Jacobs, who is uh, footlocker champ, I think his senior year in high school. And, you know, when I ran footlocker regionals, I think I was a hundred something. <laughs> I ran like 17 something minutes in high school at footlocker. So Came up like 0.04 seconds behind him. Closed the last 800 in like 202. Um, very much unexpected um, on my end. But yeah, I ran 13.42 just behind a previous Foot Locker champ, All-American. And I was like, holy crap. Like, you know, back at Drake, I you know, always watch guys like Reed Fisher run that fast. I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever get that fast. And, you know, all the cards, like everything just clicked that day and, thank goodness uh, something pushed me along to close that fast and yeah probably a long-winded explanation but yeah it was really exciting and um yeah rod uh he somehow found a way to give me crap about it still even though i beat the school record so yeah fun stuff but well i've got a lot of stories about rod Heyman, so i don't know if he's told you about any of these because i'm i'm uh i'm friends with a couple of his former teammates so uh <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've heard about some of his stories about how he showed up at the line, not exactly in the best con condition uh, to, to to run. It's it's amazing how he could pull off some of that stuff. Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, we'll refrain from that just for his sake, but <laughs> yeah, he's got some stories though, for sure. Um, so you, um, so you, you, you ran that time, of course. And then, um, and then you're also number two in the, uh, in the record books for the steeplechase. Uh, that record's pretty, pretty tough one, uh, 843. Uh, mm-hmm. from 1991 um but that one was special because you did it at uh, at the drake relays winning a relays flag uh earlier this year yeah that was that was an interesting race um yeah another flashback i guess uh <laughs> so we went to uh, traveled to Ole miss um to kind of get that steeple qualifier um okay. you know it was going against ryan smeaton keegan keegan shamati um, who had gone two, three at nationals in 2019 in the steeple. So I'm like, Oh, perfect. You know, just latch on run low eight fifties, high eight forties. This is going to be awesome. Um, we went out at like nine thirty pace and I'm like, Oh, come on. <laughs> so I took, I took over and I'm like, you know, I'm still fairly green at the steeple, you know, half my steeples have been pretty much on stress fractures. So <laughs> I was just like, okay. <laughs> I'm just kind of going, and then I ran 9.02, so it was, like, a good close and, like, a 10-second PR, but I was just, like, you know, obviously frustrated. You know, we traveled all the way to Mississippi just for this. Um, So then, um, yeah, coming into Drake, it was actually, I think it was two or three days before, you know, I was feeling pretty good, but then for some reason I decided to twist my ankle on a run. So I was like, <laughs> so I twisted my ankle on that run. And I was like, oh, like no pain during the run. But after, you know, my gait was slightly off, like it wasn't anything huge. But I was just like, oh, man, now my hip's super sore because I'm compensating. And then went over a water barrier two days before and I just absolutely biffed it. And I'm like, oh, crap. I don't know. Like <laughs> now I got to run a steeple on like sore ankles and all this crap but i was just like oh well whatever you know it's it's drake you know i spent four years there got my undergrad there you know i got a i came runner up in high school in the 1600 behind ryan schweizer at the time and it was just like i gotta give it my all you know this is my last chance for that collegiate flag and you know woke up that morning went on my shakeout miraculously felt 10 times better than I thought I would. So I'm like, okay, good enough. Um, You know, I had a lot of old teammates, parents were there, um, old coaches. uh, Dan Hostager was there in the infield rooting for me. So yeah, kind of riding on that adrenaline as well. Um, So yeah, uh, if you ask Rod, he claims it was the ugliest 848 he's ever seen. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I, yeah, water jumps definitely could have been cleaned up, but I'd say not too bad for having my uh, little uh, gimpy ankle uh, going over those barriers, but got the job done. But it was kind of strange because Dan Machowski, uh, who recently ran uh, the Olympic qualifier, I think he was in the race, ran 829 relays record and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, you don't don't feel like you deserve a flag when you get done, but then you realize he's a pro. And so. Well, yeah, yeah, that was the interesting thing, because it was like, he wasn't on the start line, um, but, you know, he was pacing, I think, the 5K the next day, so, of course, if you're, if you're doing that, you want to get something else out of the weekend, so, of course, you know, go for a, go for a quick steeple, so, and 
kudos to him, but it was just like, you know, across the finish line, I'm like, hey, 848, not too bad. Um, but of course, you know, it being a collegiate race, um, turns out I won. I had no idea. So I was like, I was yeah. just walking through the you're, parking you're, lot. Oh, go ahead. You're walking off the track and somebody's handing you a flag, maybe? Is that what, oh. what happened? You're going, uh, what's going on here? Yeah, so I, I'm like walking off the track. I'm, you know, I'm still happy. I go up to my coaches and I'm like, yeah, you know. And of course I hear, oh, that's the ugliest state 48. And I'm like, yeah, well, at least that means there's a ton of room for improvement. So, you know, maybe that school record in the future. But, um, but yeah, I'm walking through the tennis center parking lot over to our camp area. And then I hear, um, I turn around, I'm next to Rod and Dan Hostager, my coach the first two years at Drake, who, you know, he's a, obviously not my coach anymore, but he's a lifelong friend, um, life mentor. And, just seeing him run up and he's like, Hey, you, uh, you technically won. So here's the white flag. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I mean, I'm like, okay, is this just something you're making up to make me feel better? Or is this, uh, <laughs> or is this like a legit thing? And he's like, no, this is legit. Like I checked with everyone and you know, I looked at my phone, I got texts from Blake uh, Bolden. He's just like, yeah, don't leave without your, you know, your championship watch and the flag and stuff. So, you know, once again, a bittersweet moment, like, it would have been cool to finally like go down to the media room and get that interview, take the victory lap. But at the same time, I think it's just as fitting to have, you know, the guy that really opened my eyes um, to collegiate running and like really helped propel my love of running my first couple of years at Drake to kind of chase me down and give me that flag, kind of have a conversation with him and Rod and just, yeah, it was really, really cool having my parents there too. And, I mean, yeah, it was, it was kind of, you know, that surreal moment where it's like, you know, finally got that elusive Drake Relays title in the most roundabout way possible. Like, not during my four years while I was at Drake, but as a six-year grad transfer at uh, South Dakota State. So, yeah. Well, it's, another, it's, yeah. it's clear you have a very special relationship with Dan. Uh, I know him uh, from uh, way back. We we go way back when I invited him to uh, a road race of mine that I was race director for, but uh, he's a great guy, obviously made a big impact on you um, for sure. And someone that you uh, turn to uh, quite a bit even now, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. We're, we're still in touch all the time. He's the, uh, you know, fun story going into college. I had never drank coffee before and, if you know Dan Hostager, he always has a cup of coffee on hand. So he got me addicted to dark roasts. So whenever we're around, uh, we'll have a dark roast together. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, he's, you know, if you know anything about Dan, what he's had to, um, you know, his perseverance through life, um, him and his wife, Maria, his son, Quincy, uh, you know, they're great people. Um you know, very selfless, always willing to help out. So like, I think he, um, he's a big biker. Um, he got me into biking as well, uh, bicycling. So whenever in t uh, I'm in town, he'll uh, employ, employ me to work on and tune up his bikes and he'll take me out to pizza ranch as payment. So <laughs> yeah, him and uh, Jacob Kamer, um, as I think he, uh, my assistant coach at Roosevelt now, um, but he, for a while, um, at Drake, he was an assistant coach. Um, you know, both of those guys have just really been, um, 
you know, because uh, if you know anything about my campaign at Drake, I've it was a uh, pretty rough at the beginning. I've I had like three stress fractures, um, constantly injured, super low mileage guy, and you know, to put your faith on a guy who was you know decent in high school, but not definitely not one of the top guys in the nation by any means. Just like you know, constantly chipping away at me to to finally you know eventually reach my potential. Like I owe a lot to those guys. So yeah, it's de- it was definitely great having them in the stands as well. Well, your high school career, you, uh, you've got a history here with uh, Thomas Pollard. Uh, you lost him twice in the, at the state track meet, um, and, as well as uh, state cross country, but, but you did uh, uh, help your team to, to state championship your, your senior year. So uh, that helped uh, a little bit uh, that you uh, weren't able to win a state title individually. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. No, it was... Um... Yeah, that was, yeah, it seems like this, uh, my, my career is full of bittersweets, but <laughs> yeah, no, it was, um, yeah, definitely my last two years of high school, we got runner up in okay. class 3A my junior year as a team and then um, won the title as a senior. Um, so yeah, I think it was just, um, and you know, Thomas is a great guy. We still um, text once in a while today. Um, we'll be cheering for each other at regionals. So, you know, he's obviously overcome a ton of adversity as well um, yeah. um, through illness, et cetera, at Iowa state. So it's great to see him, you know, coming around running those, um, having the conference meet that he had. So, you know, it's kind of crazy seeing um And obviously Thomas was on a totally different level than me um, <laughs> in high school. I think he beat me by 40 to 50 seconds at the <laughs> state meet, regardless yeah. of the distance. So it, it was over a minute at the stake at finals. <laughs> at the stake. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. So, I mean, you know, was, that, was he a big motivation for you? Um, you know, a guy who's beating you, you know, in the, in the state 1600 by 15 seconds. Is that a really big motivator for you? Like, this is the standard I've got to meet here when I go to Drake. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, you know, he was always someone I looked up to, I think, the only distance I could challenge him at was 800. I know we ran a couple of relays against each other. And I, I think my junior year, we both ran 154.9 on the, the D med in high school. So of course the equivalent of the sprint med in college. Um, and I barely edged him out, um, but we ran the exact same time. So I got the baton, like, you know, that point, Oh, whatever ahead of him. Um, so it was just like, okay, you know, I got the speed to run with this guy, but of course, aerobic is on another level. It's like, of course, I was always shooting for that. You know, I don't think I would have been as good as an athlete as I was um, without guys like him there. Um, But yeah, I think, um, you know, a testament to, you know, my coaches over the last six years, you know, now Thomas and I are running almost identical times. It's like, you know, it's, I mean, just, yeah. Um, and of course, Thomas has improved as well. So, I mean, yeah, it's kind of crazy. We were texting and it'd be like, yeah, I mean, wouldn't it be crazy if we both made it to the next level sort of thing? Like, you know, both of us, you know, uh, yeah, pretty good. Um, we always rooted for each other in high school and root for each other now. So, You both yeah. dropped a lot of time this year. So it's it's been great uh, to see you both doing that. Um Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but he's got another year of eligibility. 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, I wanted to uh, go back to, and and of course he um, he led his team to the state uh, championship in, in cross country in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, were you an individual, or, or or did your team qualify as well? That, that yeah, so. So I was, uh, my freshman year, I individually qualified. And then every year after that, um, my team went. So, okay. yeah, so had a good yeah I think, I think we might've been like sixth or something that year, um, at state. So, yeah. I might've overlooked that a little bit. So, um, and of course we're, uh, as we're, uh, as we're doing this interview, we're about half an hour away from the selections being announced. You're, um, safely in, according to Teffers, um, you've got, yep. um, yeah, you've got the 22nd best time in steeplechase and 27th for, uh, the 5,000. So you're, uh, very much safe. That's, that has to feel good for a, for a, uh, non power five, uh, conference, um, athlete. <laughs> to, do you, do, do you go into this selections, um, kind of like, um, as an example, like the Iowa Hawkeyes this year for, for NCAA basketball, you know, you're in, uh, but it, you still got the, uh, the butterflies going a little bit, still excited, still waiting to, for the actual announcement. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I knew until like a couple of days ago, they were actually doing like an announcement sort of thing this year. Um, but yeah, I knew I was, I knew I was safely in, um, I'll only be focusing on the steeple. Um, cause the 5k is just, I mean, I think it's only a few hours after the steeple and it's absolutely insane this year. Um, just people are going absolutely nuts in the 5k. So, um, steeple is going to be my, after yeah. talking with my coach, my best shot, um, you know, at the end of the day, just, yeah, I, whether it's moving on or getting a school record or whatever it may be, um, you know, um, just going I mean, for yeah, it. Going yeah. All out for it nothing to lose. Like you said, I'm just a, you know, I'm a kid from South Dakota now, um, you know, just trying to go all out and see where it takes me. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, definitely excited. Um, a little bit nerve wracking, uh, not, not super nerve wracking. Cause I was more nervous, like when I had to get those qualifying marks. So, um, I know the, the list came out yesterday of the, um, this people who scratched and everything. So I was just like, okay, yeah, um, I'm basically in, um, just got to wait for the, um, uh, official announcement. So, I mean, definitely, you know, it's just preparing like usual, treating it like any other meet and going forward. Um, but yeah, it was, um, it was always my goal to make regionals, uh, you know, and, I was never even close and now all of a sudden I'm making it in two events. And uh, so, yeah, it's pretty crazy. So I think whatever happens, I can be, you know, proud with what I've done this season, but you know, I'm kind of, as most runners are never really satisfied. Um, So, you know, of course I want to make it to that next round. And, you know, of course I know I always have more in the tank. Um, whether that be a week or two after regionals or whether it be in the coming years. So, 
Well, let's uh, fill in uh, people on this podcast uh, about this improvement that you made. Uh, I'm looking at some of your numbers here. In 2016 cross country, you were 42nd at the Valley Championships in the 8K. Uh, you were 22nd in the 3000 at the MBC Indoors in 2017. And um, 2018 indoors, you were 20th in the 3000 meters. Something clicked though, it seemed like in the 2018 outdoor season, uh, when you got fifth at the steeplechase and you were the conference champion in the 5,000, what was, what was, were you finally healthy that, um, that, that spring? What was, what was going on there that, that you made the big improvement? Yeah. So, uh, I'll probably give you another sort of long winded story. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, sorry. What was that? I love stories. That's what podcasts are for. That's great. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, if you go back even further to that um, that 2015 freshman year cross-country season, um, you know, I was injured coming in, just a hip thing. Um, but I think my regional cross meet, I was – I think I kicked at the last 200 meters to pass a couple people so I wouldn't get last. Okay. You know? <laughs> half the field – like, half the time, the only thing behind me was the gator, and it was like – I, I mean, it is kind of crazy when you look at that. You see, a, you know, a kid running 36-something minutes for 10K, getting last at regionals, all of a sudden running 13.42 years later. Um, but, yeah, my my career at Drake was kind of riddled with injury. Um, I was a low-mileage guy going in. Uh, didn't go much over 40 miles a week in high school, and then – I think used to that. Yeah. Yeah. I just wasn't used to it. Um, I mean, of course, living in rural Iowa as well, you know, constantly on gravel roads. I wasn't used to like the, you know, hard sidewalks pavement of Des Moines either. So ramping up mileage along with hard surfaces and a freshman year college diet, which probably consisted mostly of pizza and sugary cereal. Um, you know, <laughs> my bone density wasn't the best. So, um, definitely, you know, got stress fracture freshman year, um, right after cross kind of wiped me out for a bit. Um, but kind of rebounded, went sub four in the 15 that year, you know, pretty promising, um, first year, especially coming off an injury. Um, but then that summer of my sophomore year, another stress fracture, this time in my metatarsal. Um, so I, I became very, very used to, um, the bike and Dan Haas would be through torture sessions, um, be a variation of um, Tabata, which is eight by 20 seconds all out with 10 seconds recovery. Um, basically had your legs feeling like jello by the end of it. Um, he's also a big fan of throwing me in the pool with a brick and trying not to drown. So <laughs> don't worry. It wasn't torture. It was, um, I was safe. I know, yeah. I know that worked out well too from college. Yeah, I know that yeah. one too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So basically, my first two years at Drake, um, there was probably only three or four weeks where I went over fifty miles healthy. Um, so you know, eventually that end of that sophomore year, I ran three fifty one in the fifteen, scored a point in the eight, and then um. You know, kind of built up that summer. Um, and then that's, um, we had a coaching transition to Mark Carroll and Jake Colosius. Um, so, yeah, their their training was definitely a lot different than Haas's. Um, 
so my mileage went up a little bit right off the bat uh but of course me being prone to injury in the past you know it didn't really matter what happened I might have probably got injured anyways um but that first that first year um I uh, kind of tweaked my uh, peroneal tendon going into that indoor season, which caused me to get lapped out of the MDC 5K and get like 20 whatever in the MDC 3K, um, which is pretty disheartening. Um, but, you know, I rebounded, you know, I was going through a lot of, um, you know, just, I mean, the mental aspect of running, you know, should I even be here at this point? Like it's my junior year. Obviously, I'm not following a trajectory uh, that you wanted. Yeah. That I wanted, yeah. And then, you know, just and and coaching changes are always hard too because I had like such such a great relationship with Haas. Um, but you know, um, as time went on, um, Mark Jay and I became a lot closer. Um, and you know, they were they were really um, great. Uh, uh, yeah, it took a while to get used used to new people, of course, as it always is. But, you know, they ended up always being encouraging and, you know, um, overall great people. Um, but, yeah, going into that uh, kind of that that click, what happened? So I always wanted to do steeple in that junior year. I opened up with like a 942. It was just me and um, uh, it was a UNI guy. His name's Alex. I'm forgetting his last name. I'm really sorry if you're listening to this. Um, but yeah, he, he he destroyed me. Um, he ran like 920. I ran like 942. And I'm like, oh, oh, well. Um, but that was kind of like when my mind shift switch, my mind sort of switched. Um, I was just like, you know, I'm stressing out for these races all the time. It's not working. Like, what if I just threw, throw like caution to the wind and just go like, you know, this is what it is. Just relax have fun with it. You know, I run because I want to win, but also because, you know, I enjoy it or else why the heck would I be suffering, you know, every single day getting dropped on workouts, et cetera. So going into that final conference meet that year, you know, it was just, um, just kind of say, screw it. Kind of ironically, once again, I tweaked my foot about 10 minutes before the steeple final that junior year. And I'm like, well, who cares? Like if I fall, I fall. And then, you know, miraculously PR'd by 30 plus seconds ran like nine twelve. I was in second with a lap to go, got passed at the end, got fifth, but I'm like, but the only thing going through my head was, well, Hey, you know, I scored, at least I get to keep my scholarship. So <laughs> move on with life. And then the next day I was just totally zenned out, relaxed and somehow won the 5k. So, well, you know, yeah relax you just gotta relax and let it go runners don't yeah. get stressed out by it too much yeah true and then and then yeah just relax let it go um had a pretty good summer ended up you know cross was never my strong suit but i got all conference that year um ended up running like 811 and 409 and then that senior year um illness struck for that indoor conference um got lapped out of the 5k again and I was on my deathbed that night. <laughs> so I was just sweating and it was bad. Um, so DNF to the 3k came back, ran like a steeple and a 1500 on a stress fracture. And then, you know, at that point I thought I was done, you know, I didn't know what the future looked like. You know, obviously I was going to get the medical red shirt for that senior year at Drake, but 
Um, yeah, at that point, I was, had, you, had you graduated that, at that point? Uh, you were a uh, you have an interesting uh, degree um, from uh, from Drake. Uh, gosh, what was it in my notes here? I've got it here somewhere. Um, it was a uh, rhetoric in sociology. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, rhetoric, and now, I know you're a grad student in in uh, in sociology. Um, so, had you graduated mm -hmm. at that point, and you were like a, a, a kind of a free agent then? Is that? Yeah, so it was. Um, I had graduated at that point. You know, I got my degrees, rhetoric, um, mainly focusing in like public speaking and um, communications, and then sociology and then like a leadership concentration so um okay. you know that that last season was it was really tough uh you know having that be my senior year and then just having the stress fracture happen can't run you know sitting through the relays sitting through conference like going like okay I'm a guy that should have made regionals um but yeah I graduated um had a talk with Mark and Jay and um, Drake didn't have uh, the sociology master's program, which is okay. what I would have gone into. Um, so we're like, they're like, yeah, um, we can put your name in the portal, you know, look around. If you need any help finding anything, let us know. So, you know, it was always, it was great having them there, you know, knowing that, you know, I did my four years at Drake and, you know, if it worked out where I could continue on to get my master's there, you know, great. But it's also like, you know, professionally and personally, because um, you're there for school first, you know, like what's going to make sense. Uh, yeah. So, how did you know, South I, State come about and how did that uh, relationship start? Yeah, yeah. So I, I put my name on the portal, you know, not a ton of schools reached out to me. I think only three did. And, you know, so I was looking for jobs. Uh, unfortunately, the few jobs I had, thought I had lined up at the time kind of fell through so I was just like oh now I just feel like a bum living in a college house so I did like an AmeriCorps program for Habitat for Humanity and that went pretty well um I was like the few schools that reached out I just didn't really feel like it was clicking and then um you know it was kind of funny uh Rod was uh at State Track recruiting for high school and, you know, I only live the block off campus kind of by that, if you know, the, um, the map of the Drake stadium over by the throws area and sure. you yeah. know, Haas was, uh, Haas was just going around, just talking to everyone he knew. And he messaged me. He's like, Hey, I just talked to this coach and this coach and this coach. He's like, let me know if you want to talk to him. And I'm like, well, heck yeah. So he was, he was talking to Rod and then, um, so Rod and I just sat down, met outside the uh, Drake Stadium gate. Um, the GA grad assistant here was getting a master's in sociology. So there was that connection to the department. And, um, you know, luckily there was, um, there was some shifting around within the roster to where it was financially feasible for me to go. Uh, so honestly, I didn't know until probably like July that for sure I was going to come to South Dakota State. Um, so I was just kind of like, you know what, screw it. You know, I'm just going to I'm just going to take this shot. You know, I, at that point, you know, one more year of running, like, let's see what I can do. Um, 
and uh yeah ended up at south dakota state and uh you know rod's been great and he's really <laughs> stuck with me i definitely was not in shape when i came in um but yeah, he stuck with me and he's gotten me down to the times that i'm at now so yeah what's been the uh what's kind of been the magic formula there uh, uh yeah um, I, mean, I mean what's 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 worked there at the at the brookings that hasn't here is it just kind of a philosophy change what's yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, I guess Rod um, has similarities and a few differences to the way Haas was uh, with training. Um, and that kind of helped me out as well. He had a similar philosophy with cross training, especially when I was coming back. Um, but honestly, it's just, uh, you know, for the first time in a while, I just had consistent mileage um and just healthy mileage so you know obviously I was also maybe a little bit of like I'm a huge mental runner as well is probably from that anecdote my junior year why where I kind of broke out at the the conference I just sort of like relaxed and I just started I took it just as seriously but mentally it was, you know, I wasn't worrying like, oh, I need to eat pasta and bread before every single workout and race. I need to do this. You know, I can't have that occasional beer or whatever it may be. You know, it became like, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm a human being and um, I am, I need to enjoy life first. And, you know, obviously that doesn't mean you know, staying up till 2am partying every night. And that doesn't mean, um, you know, you know, I, you know, obviously I'm not a guy that does that. And, but, you know, I found out that, you know, just take a step back, just relax. And oftentimes running is going to go better if you're in a better headspace. You know, it's kind of that duality of, you know, are you a person who, life is going good. So running is going good. Or are you a person that running is going good? So life is going good. Um, and I think in the past, I was like, my happiness in life, you know, totally revolved around running. So, you know, it's just kind of going for that mental shift, you know, just trying to be happy, you know, hang out with friends, you know, you can go out and hang out with friends. Um, you know, you don't have to be in, bed by 9 p.m. to get ready for the workout tomorrow you know you can be in bed by 10 p.m. or 10 30 you know it's okay um so just being a little bit more relaxed on yourself so in a sense it was a mental shift um beyond that the class workload um was a little bit less um it was more rigorous of course being grad school um but it wasn't it wasn't nearly as much time sitting in a class um so I was able to work and get my mind off of other things as well um, I guess that helps as well. Um, you know, working in addition to running, you know, I kind of go stir crazy if running is the only thing I do. So yeah, that helps. The mental frame of mind is so critical and you gotta, you know, you gotta have that, uh, the right mind space. That's for sure. Well, you've gone through a lot of coaches. I mean, uh, <laughs> at track, at track and field, you had Natasha Kaiser Brown and, and, uh, and like you said, Mark Carroll, and uh, and now uh, and now you got Rod. So that's three coaching changes that you've kind of been through. So yeah, it's um, that hurts in the development too. Uh, for you know, going through 
those kind of changes. Yeah, every every two years since my freshman year of high school, it's been a been a coaching change. Um, but yeah, yeah, Rod was talking about that to me yesterday. He's like, you know, I've really only coached you for eighteen months because that because of that six month uh, kind of COVID spell where it's like, um, of course, you know, that six month COVID spell as it affected um, school and running. Um, so it was like he it was kind of hands off then, and it's like, yeah, that is kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I think. Go ahead. go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, yeah, in terms of like how things started clicking, you know, um, really just, you know, in the summer I had a slow build up, started running pretty well, really relaxed. Um, you know, I think that kind of that lack of racing over cross country. You know, I did a few races and time trials, but nothing too serious. Um, so that just kind of focus on that long-term aerobic building. Um, and for the first time ever, you know, I'm hitting a few weeks over 80 miles and it's like, okay, all of a sudden I'm in amazing shape, better than I've ever been before. And then things just started clicking and here I am, but yeah. yeah maybe you just found your sweet spot. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of all the uh, the sweet and sour, the, the the sour points of your career that you've had, now you're in the now you're in the sweet spot. Yeah, hopefully it can last uh, last a little longer. But <laughs> yeah, um, so you're from Center Point, which is kind of right between Cedar Rapids and Waterloo, and uh, took a long say took a look at their website and a population of 2,400 people. Um, mm-hmm. Not much happens in uh, Center Point, Iowa, does it? Some of their big announcements were that they have a citywide garage sales and compound site changes that I saw. So uh, how how hard was it growing up in a small town? Um, you, yeah, you um, go to Cedar Rapids a lot uh, for for Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a. Uh... It was always either going to Buffalo Wild Wings or the movie theater with my friends. Um, yeah. Yeah, not much going on. It was huge news when we got a travel plaza and we finally got a McDonald's in town. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't know about anymore, but when I grew up, there was no stoplights. Uh, you know, the new high school hadn't been built. Um, but yeah, I mean, growing up in a town like that, uh, obviously there's smaller towns in Iowa. Um yeah, yeah, but I mean, I didn't think too much of it because I mean, Cedar Rapids was only 20 minutes away. Um, but even me, I lived, um, I live out in the country between Center Point and Urbana, so even right. fewer people. Um, but honestly, perfect for running. You know, we got the Cedar Valley Nature Trail just in my backyard. Um, oh, yeah, really right. roads, so it's like whenever I come home to train, perfect conditions. So, um, so you're- so you're a farm kid then? Is that, uh, yeah, um, grandparents farm. Um, parents don't farm. Um, but yeah, we pretty much, I mean, we live within 400 meters of my grandparents' farm. So it's like, okay. yep, grew up around around the farm, kind of in that um, lifestyle, you could say. Uh, I haven't done too much farming or anything. So, you know, by no means am I claiming I'm a farmer, but <laughs> I definitely grew up around it. Now is Ragbri coming through this year? Is that something you want to do since you're a biker now? Are you gonna... Yeah, I, th- I think it might be coming through. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, it'll, it'll be a little while before I do, I think, because, you know, I, I plan to be racing into the summer um, and running in some capacity. So, I mean, definitely that'll be a bucket list sort of thing. You know, I think that'd be a hell of a lot of fun just biking through. Um, I'll have to round up some of my buddies to do it with me. Um, yeah, but yeah. Kind of, yeah. yeah, sure. Um, so I, I've always wanted to know what is a storm and pointer? It sounds like an angry dog. What's, a, what, <laughs> what's this mascot? Yeah. The, the one, one of a kind in the nation, there's no other storm and pointer yeah. um, mascot out there. Um, so back in my, back in my parents' day, my dad's day, um, so Center Point Urbana was separate. So it was Center Point and Urbana, and it was the Center Point Pointer Dogs in the Urbana Cyclones. So after the merger occurred, they just decided to make the most unique mascot ever in Storm and Norman, and it's pretty much just a pointer dog holding the lightning bolt inside of a tornado. It is a dog. <laughs> it is a dog. Yeah. Okay. So I was right then. It is. It is a dog then. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. And your and your black and gold colors, right? Yep, black and gold. So you know kind of copying that Iowa Hawkeye um sort of color scheme. Yeah. Iowa City's yeah. only like forty minutes away. So yeah. You're in the neighborhood. And yeah. I like that you got hair on your head. I was I was looking back at your senior pictures and you were and you were you didn't have any hair on your head. So, so I'm glad you're <laughs> yeah so i'm glad you grew out your hair a little bit yeah i've, I've heard a lot of comments about that <laughs> yeah my i always followed followed my dad followed in my dad's footsteps and he always had a buzzed head so i just kind of followed um yeah interestingly enough uh another kind of a tangent point my dad held the school record in the mile before me um at oh, center point okay. so he ran 432 um whenever back when the back when the color was black and white um, <laughs> um back when he ran at center point um, had to make you feel I, old bad but yeah no, he'll listen to this and he'll laugh um, yeah. but but yeah i mean obviously that 432 in that day can probably converted to a little bit quicker with the the spikes and the type of track that you ran that day yeah that was but yeah. it, it definitely slowed you up. I ran on a cinder track in high school. So it definitely slowed yeah. you up. Yeah. Down for sure. Um, so uh let's let's get to some fun things here. Um yeah. your uh your your uh, your Twitter handle is Jaeger. Um so I'm wondering if you made a PE teacher mad yelling at you <laughs> in school. Or they, what's the uh what's the story behind uh, your Twitter handle? Yeah, that was um it's probably not as exciting as that, but it, I was just, uh, I was at my grandparents' house with one of my cousins and, you know, that was the time when Twitter was really starting to blow up and I think I had ju- finally just convinced my parents to get me a Facebook. So it was like getting close to being in high school. So it's like, oh yeah, Twitter's the new thing. It's super cool. So my cousin she and I were trying to figure out a cool Twitter handle for me. And she was just messaging all of her friends and trying to find out something clever. And it just turned into yag or, so, I mean, kind of a funny play on words. Um, I've kept yeah. it since then. So, yeah. 
I, th I think it works for you. Um, and yeah. your picture is funny because it looks like you're golfing and, you know, you talk to any cross country runner, they think that uh, a golf course is only good for, for having uh, a cross country meet on it. Uh, is that kind of a, you can't be a golfer, can you? Oh, I mean, uh, I won't say as much anymore. You know, I got, oh, I got my dad's old, old clubs in the garage here. Um, but my dad is a huge golfer, huge golfer. And um, sort of towards that end of my high school career, a uh, little bit into my college, you know, um, I uh, kind of picked up golfing a little bit more. Um, wasn't super serious or anything, but, you know, it was something fun for my friends to do when we're, you know, uh, late teens, early 20s, something to go out and do every once in a while. So, um, yeah, definitely I'd like to golf more, but you know, kind of on a budget now. So <laughs> golf courses can be pretty expensive. I don't know, maybe uh, once in a while I'll hit the range um, or something. But yeah, definitely. I mean, you got to appreciate golf courses for the short, short grass on the fairways, helping you go fast and cross country. But uh, yeah, I, I won't hesitate to swing a club a few times. So, yeah. So it's kind of required when you go back home, you got to get to play with pops. You got to play around with him. Kind of yeah yeah unfortunately the uh the center point golf course recently closed down so now we got to go to the next town over so small small town problems i guess but but yeah whenever i'm with my dad we got to go golfing so um how did how did that uh development the steeplechase go um uh was it really difficult transition you 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 earlier said you hadn't been doing the steeplechase very much so um still a, a, a work in progress here yeah yeah I would definitely say it's a work in progress um which is good which is a good thing uh that means there's a lot of room to grow um yeah before this year I had I did two steeples my junior year at Drake that first one was like 940 something second one was a conference it was 912 um my senior year at Drake, I was doing quite a quite a bit of hurdle stuff, um, but I just had that right tibial stress reaction um, that really really hurt the hurdling, especially as I'm a right dominant hurdler, hur right leg dominant hurdler. Um, okay. So I did I did a steeple at Arkansas that year, and I ran ten eleven. Um, and I had, I fell and I like every single time I hurdled, like I thought my leg was just going to give out. I couldn't even walk the next day. I actually had a, his name was Xavier Lechleitner. He's a big, uh, burly, uh, big burly for a runner. Um, but he was pretty quick, um, from Wisconsin. He was a farmer and he had to carry me around on his back the day after, um, because <laughs> I, I couldn't even walk. It was it, it like brought tears to my eyes to take a step. So yeah, um, there was definitely a lot of work to be done um, when I came here. Uh, you know, as, as bad as it is to say, um, you know, COVID is obviously awful the way it's, you know, ripped apart the world, families and hurt people. Um, but in a sense, selfishly, it did help me with my running development um, here. Um so once again, that bittersweet, you know, obviously you don't want a plague to, or a pandemic to rip across the world. Um, 
but it did help out with my running development and giving me another year. Um, of course, if we could go back, you know, obviously I wish that never happened. Um, but here we, here we are. Um, I'm a little bit fitter for steeple because last year watching um, Rod watch me go over some hurdles and it was not pretty. Um, so uh, definitely, um, you know, I did a lot of work with coach Eric Cannenberger here at uh, CSU. Um, he's our hurdle and sprint coach. He got me down with a lot of the fundamentals, the basics, you know, I don't think I actually went over a 36 inch barrier until like the week of um, my first steeple. Um, so what we got it down to was going over with my right leg was pretty good, looked really solid. Um, over my left leg was manageable and um, it was just the water jump that we've been working on. And, uh, you know, I think I've gotten my water jump down quite a bit better. Now I'm finally comfortable going over both legs. Um, okay. And, you know, it's, it's not so much the in-between running that's hurting me. It's just, you know, those half seconds over the water jump, et cetera. So, you know, if I can get that smoothed down and just go for it at regionals, um, you know, hopefully going after that, that's a school record um, and whatever may happen. So, yeah, definitely a work in progress, but I think we've definitely come a long way, um, <laughs> which is good. I was recruited here as a steepler, so <laughs> I'm glad to fulfill my, fulfill my duties. But. Well, you've got that fantastic indoor facility that, that certainly helped you for sure with your training. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. And that record and that mark to beat is 84302 uh, from 1991, Craig Casson that you'll be looking at. Have you thought about um, this might be the last um, college race of your career coming up next weekend? Is that something that you've had a chance to think over? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I've definitely thought about it. Um, you know, it's kind of kind of sad as I look around my apartment right now, you know, everything's packed up in boxes. Uh, gonna be sending my stuff home here soon and then kind of just crashing in another someone else's place before I head off to regionals so it's you know it's it's definitely an interesting situation because um, of course the steeple is such a volatile event it's like you never know who's gonna absolutely crack or who's gonna have themselves a day you know it's it's so I'm going in with the mindset, you know, anything can happen, happen on the day at regionals. Um, you know, it's going to be hot and humid. Um, I like to think I perform decently well in heat and humidity. Um, so it's, it's just a matter of going out and seeing what happens. And like, like I had mentioned earlier, regardless of what happens, I'm going to be extremely proud, you know, being that freshman almost last at regional cross, um, in 2015, you know, never would anyone have bet on me to run 1342, 848, you know, go sub eight in the 3K. Um, so I think regardless of what happens, I can hang a cap on my college career. Um, but, you know, at the same, you know, at the same time, it is very, very sad. Um, you know, I've already gone through that, you know, moving on from a program with coaches I'm close to with friends and teammates I'm close to. Um, so that's definitely sad. Um, but yeah, I also think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm old in the NCAA now. I'm just turned 24, not too long ago. Obviously there are older people in me than me in the NCAA now. Um, 
But uh, yeah, BYU. <laughs> BYU. You got some other guys that are like twenty five and freshmen. It's it's interesting, but I mean, whatever works, I guess. And it's you know, I do think it is time for me to move on to that next stage of my life, whatever it does look like, and you know, rip- yeah. What what does it look like with your uh, sociology master's degree? What do you uh, what are you hoping to uh, go into field with that? Yeah, so I'm looking at and when I was in Des Moines, it was a little bit easier to do kind of work related to that. Um, I did a lot of work with the boys and girls clubs, um, as well as a small nonprofit uh, youth sports nonprofit called Opportunity on Deck. I uh, did some work with Habitat for Humanity as well. Um, so I've done a lot of work in nonprofits, youth nonprofits. Uh, so that's kind of what I'm looking at going forward. Um, but beyond that as well, um, I will be running um, too in whatever capacity that ends up being. You know, I'm looking at um, some smaller proteins right now and seeing logistically what that'll look like. Um, so no matter what running's not over um for me whatever it will look like so i will always have that part of my life but go ahead i'm glad you're going to pursue that uh yeah mm-hmm. i'd hate to be uh, just uh stop cold turkey and just uh, oh, yeah. into into professional work so i'm glad that uh, you're going to keep pursuing it at, at some level like you said yeah i mean i mean at this point i I mean, my 5K PR has jumped almost a minute um, from what it was before. I went like 14.39 to 13.42, like, and I've only hit over 80 a few times in my career. So, I mean, the aerobic potential as well as, like, my mentality um, and my attitude towards the sport, I feel like, you know, I have tons of room to grow. You know, I've... I've beat the times of guys that have gone pro, like Reed Fisher, Brogan Austin, Joel Reichow here. Um, And it's like, they're making it work. And, you know, I don't see any reason, you know, barring absolute disaster that, you know, I can't be another guy that makes it work. So, um, you know, I'm going to go for it. And yeah, I've, I put so many years of my life into this sport where it's just like, you know, I'm going to go till my legs give out, you know, if, if I have two replaced knees by 35, so be it. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give it my all. But, yeah. do, do, do you think the steeple is maybe your future or a track or, or are you looking at longer distances? What, what are you, what are you thinking at this point? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to focus on the track for as long as I can. Um, okay. You know, the, the steeple, um, you know, that's going to be, I feel like that's still an event. I have quite a room to grow in um, as well as the 5k. You know, if I close, I closed that 5k in 202 for the last eight and I ran 1342. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think I'm in 1330s shape, um, especially based on the, the guy that beat me by 0.04 seconds recently ran 1335. Um, guys I beat at Drake in the steeple recently ran low 840s. Um, you know, I ran a 403 mile indoors off of, you know, largely base and cross country training. So it's like, you know, I feel like, and uh, honestly, I've, I've only been healthy for 18 months and getting that 
um, you know, that solid aerobic work in. So it's, you know, I, of course, trying to say this in the least boastful way possible. I do, I do legitimately feel, you know, there is a much higher ceiling for me. Um, um, especially with my history of injury, you know, that constant switching of coaches as well. Um, so I think I'm definitely going to focus on the track as long as I can. And then of course, you know, you see guys running on the roads into their, into their forties now. So, um, who knows what that'll look like in the future. Um, but yeah, definitely going to pursue that. It can happen. And, and just last Saturday, you, know, you, uh, you ran a PR in the, uh, in the 1500 final, um, 347. So, and that's a, that's a time that's good enough for top 10 at SDSU. So yeah, so your, 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 your speed is definitely getting, uh, getting better. Yeah, the last last lap on that was like a 56 or 57. Um, that was definitely uh, that was an interesting race, but yeah, definitely have room to grow there as well. But uh, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Josh. Well, I uh, I'll let you go so you can uh, look for the uh, actual uh, qualifiers. Uh, do you have any other um, teammates going with you uh, down to College um, Station? Yeah, we got. Uh, few sprinters um kobe hilton he's one of the top guys in the west right now um i think a few jumpers as well uh that's good i don't don't yeah i don't know if our four by one made it i they might be right on the bubble we'll see at the selection show um but then we have we have ellie friesen in the 15 and leah hansen um i don't know if she's doing 5k or 10k so it'll definitely be a good group going down um so yeah, it'll it'll definitely be exciting and yeah, that, that's great. You won't be the only Iowan either. Uh, from no. the team, so, yeah, yeah, at least from up north, in the northeast corner up there. So, well, great. Uh, good luck to you. Uh, sincerely, next weekend, Josh. Hope you do well mm-hmm. in that steeple chase. We'll be all be rooting for you. Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, it was great to be on, and hopefully some people get something out of my words <laughs> hopefully they'll see that you can improve um regardless of where you start so absolutely yeah. you're you've got a great story to tell for sure about uh, perseverance and uh continuing on and and fighting through injury uh it's all it's all a great story uh and certainly a lot of runners have, have uh, been like you that have uh, fought through injuries and uh and have uh, come out on the other end um, with some phenomenal performances. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, again, uh, good luck, Josh. And thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks a ton. Thanks for having me and we'll see you.